You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Year of the Spirit, Part 3. Enjoy. All right, come on, Zion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fill yourself up. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you up. I guess we're ready to roll. Thank you, sweetie. Hallelujah. He wants to fill you up. Are we recording back there? I think we're ready to go. I just like following the Holy Spirit. I like when he's in the driver's seat. My wife will tell you, you don't want me in the driver's seat. In fact, she reminded me of the time we went back to, to my hometown and my aunt was in the car and uh, I was driving and Jennifer was in the back seat and my aunt was grabbing that handle, you know, right here and her knuckles are white. And she's like, Joey, you know. And, but my dad used to drive ambulance, and he taught me how to drive. So as soon as I turn that key, I feel like there's lights on my roof. And I just, I don't know. That's how I do. So <laughs> no police officers are listening right now, right? That's good. <laughs> I think the stop sign is kind of like, I don't know. I kind of hit my brake when I'm parallel to the stop sign after doing 65. So and that's always fun when you're riding in the car, you know. God is good. Listen, uh, I just love what he's doing in me for you. This is very special. There's no coincidence whatsoever about you being a part of Highway Church. There's just no coincidence. I have a, a privilege of spending time with the Lord throughout the week, and he ministers to me because of you. He speaks to me because of you. He deposits things in me to give to you so that you'll become stronger and stronger every day of your life. Stronger and stronger than you've ever been. You've never been as strong as you are now. And you're never, you've never been as strong as you're going to be at 4 p.m. this afternoon. You're just getting stronger. That's how you do. You get stronger. So don't judge your future by your past. Your past is over. You're getting stronger. You're going higher. The things that used to get you down aren't going to get you down anymore because the Holy Spirit of God is inside of you. And He is strengthening you. We're talking about year of the Spirit. 2019. This year where you're consciously, consistently being led by God's Spirit every day, more than ever before. Where you're leaning on Him like never before. Where you're letting Him be your strength like never before. This is a year that will be characterized by effortless change in your life. It's change that comes about by His Spirit and by His grace. That's the yoke of our Lord. It's easy and it's light. And He desires you to move forward in the unforced rhythms of His grace. Have you ever been on the seashore and it's a calm day and the waves are just softly rolling against the shore? That's you walking with Jesus. The unforced rhythms of his grace. You're the water and he's the strength behind that water. And you're just softly rolling against the shore, moving forward. 
taking ground, fulfilling your destiny. Jesus, you're so good. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for healing right here in this place. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for ministering to physical bodies right now as your word is going forth. Thank you for healing mental uh, conditions, emotional issues, issues of the soul. Thank you for healing them now. Thank you for breaking every bondage. Thank you for it, Lord, for setting every captive free, for ministering your salvation to every person within the sound of this message through the internet and here in this place and anyone that would listen later. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your salvation manifests now. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm getting some snap, crackle, and pop from the, from the bass amp. Can you, is you able to just mute that? I don't know. I thought it was my mic at first. Was it kind of just push a button back here? I'm, I'm feeling like I'm on a, like I got a bowl of Rice Krispies. Oh, that's not it. Let me just turn it down. All right. Very good. I like Rice Krispies, but. <laughs> oh, there it is again. I don't know. Hold on. Let me just, hold on a second. No, nope, I didn't do it. Okay, I unplugged everything. Still got it. Oh, well. If you guys could look at that, that'd be helpful. Awesome. Hallelujah. So I was reminded of the time when I was riding to church this morning. As the Lord spoke to my heart this week for you. And he said, tell them I want to ignite their hearts. I want to light them on fire. Tell them that. Tell them that my Holy Spirit is inside of them and he wants to light their hearts on fire. So, okay. I'll tell them. And then I'm riding in the vehicle this morning, and the Holy Spirit starts ministering to me about, I was about third grade, and we moved from, from the city block that we lived on out to the country to live with my grandpa. And my parents were, wanted to build a home on his land. And he had a good bit of land, several acres, I don't remember how many, but most of it was woods. Maybe about three of it was clear. And my parents were going to build a home on the back portion of it. It was all thorns, weeds, woods. So the first thing we had to do was clear that land. And this would have been in, let's see, how old would I have been? This has been in the 70s, and this is how we did it back then. Still do it now in some places. We lit it on fire. I'm in third grade. I love this, man. Grandpa says, come on, Joey, let's go in the back and takes me out there and he explains me what we're going to do because you couldn't really, hard to even walk through the field. There were thorns, all kinds, of, all kinds of stuff just grows in your life when you don't have fire. Jesus said you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. God said, is not my word like fire? 
If there's not a fire burning inside of you, there's some stuff that's going to grow that's going to hurt. It's going to be like thorns that choke you and keep you from moving. So Grandpa takes me to the back field, and he says, explains to me, this is what we're going to do. And we had a, maybe, I don't know, 15 of us, we grabbed it, and we surrounded this section that we wanted to clear, and we lit it on fire. We all had shovels and things, and we were watching it. You can control it. And it, it, we controlled it. But we watched that fire destroy the thorns. Destroy the stuff that kept us from using that good land. Destroy the stuff that kept us from moving forward and going where we want to go and doing what was in our heart to do. Holy Spirit says, I want to light you on fire. I want your heart to be flaming this morning. I want you to go through life with a flaming heart. So that's what we did. And because of that fire, it burned away all the bad stuff. And the ashes that were left fertilized the ground, and we cultivated that ground. And we planted grass seed, and we put in the foundation of a home, and we built a home there. And that's where we ended up living. It couldn't have been done without fire. The Holy Spirit reminded me as we were driving this morning of a combustionable, I don't know how to say that word, combustionable engine. What do you say? Combustible or combustion engine, I don't know, an engine that, you know, you know, there's a fire in the engine that I drive. If that, if that engine didn't have fire inside, I couldn't have gotten here this morning. Fire removes things that block you from going forward. Fire propels you forward. He wants to ignite your heart. Boy, this is good. I'm just listening here. You're going to have to be patient with me. We're just letting the Holy Spirit take us higher. Jesus. See, God wants to rebuild your life. He wants to take the broken rocks and the rubble and, and make something brand new that's so beautiful the, world, the, the people's mouths drop when they meet you. How did you get this hole? Where did you get this joy? How do you have this peace in the midst of the world we're living in? You'll say, God loves me. It's the love of Jesus that has done it. It's the love of Jesus that took this uh, former mess and made me into a beautiful mansion. That turned me into a wonder of the world that people want to come and spend time with so that they can be transformed too. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right, we'll do a little bit of review and then we're going to get into the message here. We started Year of the Spirit on the first Sunday. Last Sunday, boy, I hope you were here. If you weren't, I know it was a lot of rain and sleet and slush and slush puppies. And, but, uh, man, listen to the message from Sean and Lisa Michaud. You can watch the video. We just leave the videos on our Facebook page. But our, our fi- I showed everything before. Our podcast library is fully restored, which means you can hear every message we've ever done. All the way back to 2014, February 2014. And you can do that directly through our website. Just go to highwaychurch.us. Highwaychurch.us. Click on the media tab. And you don't have to have an Apple device. It doesn't matter what kind of device you have. Um, If you do want to use iTunes, you can do that. We we have a show, a podcast show on iTunes. And uh, you can just click on the iTunes podcast button. But you don't have to. If you click on the regular podcast button, 
um, it will take you directly to our podcast page, no matter what type of device you're on. And there they are, 240-some messages that will absolutely fill you with strength, that will absolutely nourish your body, superfood. It's all there. The why do we do that? You know, it, it, it's a lot to do that. It's a lot to record them, make sure we have quality audio, that they're recorded with clearly and consistently, and then they're edited clearly and consistently and published clearly and consistently and available to you clearly and consistently. And we do that because we want you to have a gourmet meal every day of your week. That's what that's there for. It's so you can eat and drink fresh, hot Jesus every day. So please avail yourself of that. We started by looking at Zechariah 4, 6. We're not going to go back into all of that. And we saw that Zechariah was a prophet called to a man named Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel had a calling on his life to rebuild the broken temple of God. And it was a huge task in the midst of bondage and uh, a history of bondage and uh, persecution. And Zerubbabel at one point, I'm sure, was very discouraged as the whole project came to a screeching halt. And Zechariah spoke to him, and we, lo- we learned that Zechariah's ma- name means Yahweh remembers. In other words, God is intimately involved in your life. God is concerned about the hairs on your head. He's concerned about the smallest details of your life. And he spoke to him, and, and he said, this is going to be done, uh, Zerubbabel, not by your ingenuity, not by your... Um, your skills, not by your knowledge and experience. It's going to be done not by the power of man, but by the power of my spirit. And then he gave him instruction. He he instructed him to shout grace to the project. And God teaches us to use our mouth when we walk with him, to speak to the issues of our life. If you're not speaking directly to the issues of your life, It's not going to change. Speak grace to the things that you've struggled with. Say right to it, no, I'm not struggling anymore. I've received the abundance of God's grace and the gift of his righteousness. I am more than a conqueror, grace. By his grace, I am saved through faith. By his grace, I'm healed through faith. By his grace, I'm free from every addiction by faith. By his grace, I'm prosperous through faith. It's all by his grace. And and Jennifer captured it so well, I think on the second Sunday before Sean came last week. She talked about church being this atmosphere of receiving. That's what it is. We come in here, we just ready to receive. We're like basking in, in, in a bath of God. We're just receiving from the Holy Spirit. It's an atmosphere of receiving His grace. What is God's grace? His operational power at work in your life to make you whole. That's That's what church is all about, this church. It's a place where you come and just bask in the operational power of God. Where God's operational power is at work in you, making you whole. Bringing about the things that God has, that Christ accomplished for you on the cross. Hallelujah. In our second message, we talked about the two kingdoms in the earth. 
And I encourage you to go back and listen to these. And this second message was so vital, and it was two weeks ago from today. Please go to the website, go to iTunes, whichever one you go to, check it out. And just subscribe to the podcast. You'll get a new episode every time it comes up. It's all free. Two kingdoms in the earth, Satan's and God's kingdom. Let's put up Colossians 1, 13. This this is what happened to you when you put your faith in Christ. God rescued you out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. You've been completely rescued from that garbage. You've been rescued from depression. You've been rescued from confusion. You've been rescued from addiction. You've been rescued from bondage. You've been rescued from poverty. He's rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into, like a maitre d' brings you into a restaurant and seats you at the table. The Lord has prepared a table for you. It's time to eat. And brought us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. It's so important to understand there are two kingdoms in operation in planet earth. Because there are some wrong things taught about God. God is not causing the bad things that happen in the earth. He's not causing them. He's not allowing them. If you'll study the scriptures, you'll find that God, who is sovereign, who's above all, but in his sovereignty, he gave control of the earth to mankind. Satan stole that authority, and now Satan is the God of this world. It is Satan who's the one who's stealing, killing, and destroying. I'm just going to let you, I'm just coming into a new level of, of Holy Spirit ministry, and I'm kind of going forward very cautiously here. I'm loaded, man. I'm just like, can I say these things? I'm, I'm just, we're moving forward cautiously, but watch out. God hates darkness. What do I mean by darkness? Depression? Stuff that, that cripples people, yeah. stuff that confuses people, yeah. lying, stealing, killing, destroying. Yes. Man is under the influence of darkness. All of us were prior to Christ. This world is covered in darkness. In speaking of Jesus coming into the earth in Matthew, I think it's chapter 2 or 3, it says the people who sat in darkness saw a great light. If you're not in Christ, renewing your mind with his promises, darkness is going to dominate you. Darkness is the way of this world. Listen, that means that oftentimes political leaders... Teachers in our schools are making decisions influenced by darkness. I'm not interested in being political. I don't have a political message to give you because your answer is not in politics. The answer to the issues of your life are in a personal relationship with Christ, not in a political party or platform. 
That being said, I am interested in seeing you walk in the freedom and liberty of Christ. And I saw something that was disturbing. I saw a picture posted online of three government officials, all smiling, signing a document, making it legal to kill babies before they come out of the womb. Don't turn me off. Please hear what I'm about to say. Since Adam and Eve, God created man. He, he, he created male and female. You may not believe that, but it is true anyway. And I'm not interested in trying to, to come against any issues or trying to be politically correct. I am interested in you being free. In fact, when Jesus was asked about marriage in the Gospels, you go and read it. And they were trying to trip him up. And he said, haven't you read? In the beginning, God made them male and female. If we can't look at our reproductive systems and recognize the purpose for them, something's wrong. If we can, if we can stare at a Mustang and think that's really cool, and then look at a human being and, 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 and not appreciate the glorious value and design of every human being, something's dark. Something's really twisted if I can't see God's glory in you. There's, there is no other manufactured machine or creature like you. There isn't. God made man in his image. No one else. The angels aren't, aren't, aren't people. They're not made in the image of God. Animals aren't. Animals sniff on the ground and crawl and look around. We walk upright so we can see the one who made us, so we can represent him in the earth. You're not an animal. You don't live by instinct. You're made in the image of God to know him, to walk with him since the beginning since Adam and Eve were made, human life was created when a husband joined with his wife in sexual union. That's God's design. That's God's design, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a godly, holy, righteous, pure, thrilling, amazing thing. The sexual relationship between a husband and a wife. God designed that. It was his idea. Wow. And you don't, you don't have to be, uh, know much about anything if you would look at a male reproductive system and a female reproductive system to know that they were created to go together. Right? I, I mean, I, I loved playing with our children and, 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 and building things with them whether it was a Lego tower or a Barbie dream house. <laughs> but, you know, when you're putting things together, one of the first things that you learn is there, is a, there are male parts and female parts. And the male parts join with the female parts. That is a fundamental building block of life. It doesn't get any simpler than that. I mean, it's in, it's in electrical things. You, you can't plug an electrical cord into a wall you, two, two male parts don't go together. Two female parts don't go together. It doesn't work. You try that. If I, if I take the, the male cord out of this amp and I try to plug it into another male cord, nothing's going to happen. Life is not going to... Electricity can't be transferred. 
Power can't be transferred that way. It's just a simple truth. So wouldn't it be twisted if Satan tried to, you know, here I am, I want to, let's say I want to record an album, and, and I'm trying to plug my amp in, but I'm trying to put a male part into a male part, and I'm getting frustrated because I can't get any sound out of my guitar. Right. Right. Listen, the world is confused. Confused. When, a, when a, a, a husband and wife come together in holy matrimony, that marriage is, is consecrated by their union. And isn't it just like God to, to make that so powerful that another human life can be produced through that? Wow. I didn't plan on talking about any of this today. That another human being created in the image of God could be produced through a husband and a wife's union. That's as fundamental, as simple as true as time itself. And what a joy it has been in our lives to experience this, to see beings made in the image of God come from the union of my wife and I. And then what happened? Adam and Eve rejected God. They listened to the dark one, to the confusing one, to the thief. He talked them into to, to living life in their own strength and to turning from God's ways and to begin to speak what he spoke, what Satan spoke. And when, when Adam put his faith in Satan, everything changed. And the world and the human race was destroyed. Death entered the human race. You may not believe all this, but it's okay. It's true anyway. It's in Genesis. You can read about it. It's clarified and explained in the New Testament. But we're living in a fallen world that is absolutely falling apart. It's not our home. Heaven is our home. There's going to come a day when God makes a new heaven and a new earth. This will all be gone. And this new earth, there won't be one storm. There won't be one crime ever committed. There will never be a war fought. But it's not going to happen on this earth. Because Satan is the God of this world. I hope you're awake. I hope you're not turning me off. I hope you haven't formed your values from political arguments. Because you're going to be so... Uh, you're going to fall short of what God has for you. You're going to be confused. I don't form what I believe based on the news media. I really could care less what they say. You've got to form what you believe based on the person of Christ. He is the truth, not the news media. So isn't it amazing that when the sperm leaves a male reproductive system and joins the egg of a female reproductive system, when they're fertilized, when an egg is fertilized, a human life begins. That's amazing. That is amazing. At that moment. And it's, it's a very sacred, precious process. And God, by His Spirit, did that with Mary in her womb and brought the Savior into the world. In the scriptures, the womb of a woman is a very precious 
sacred thing. I want you to understand something, and again, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I'm not talking about a political issue. I'm not interested in addressing political issues. I'm interested in people knowing the one who made them. Somewhere along the line, if you look in the scriptures, Satan hates people. He wants to kill every one of them. If he had his way, you'd be dead right now. You would. And you'll see throughout history, when Moses uh, was, was born to be the deliverer of his people, what did Satan do through Pharaoh? Kill every male child. I mean, how twisted is that? Kill every male baby. That's what Satan wants to do. When Jesus was born, what did Satan do again? Through Herod. Kill every male child. You see where this comes from? Killing babies. If you'll, if you'll open your eyes and look through history, you'll see there are times when this rises up in the earth, this killing of babies. Nothing could be more dark than that. How could you ever want to kill someone that cannot defend themselves? That takes a very dark, weak, evil spirit to do something like that. Now, I'm not coming against people because people don't understand they're under the influence of darkness. But when I was growing up, I didn't know what abortion was. It wasn't really the issue it is now. But I started hearing about it as I got older and, and, and had friends who, who'd gone through it. And uh, I just, there was, it was talked about as a woman's health issue. And I wasn't saved. I didn't know Christ. I thought, okay, it's a woman's health issue. And then I came to know Christ. And I started learning what actually happens in abortion clinics. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And I saw pictures of bags of little baby hands and arms and legs and heads. And I thought, this isn't, this isn't true. This is not happening in America. But the truth is, it's happening every day. And I thought, what? I mean, I had immediate family members that were all for it. But I came to know Christ now when something was very, I said, wait a minute. And life became really important to me. Not because of a political party, but because I, I came and I entered into a relationship with the author of life. And I looked at people very differently than I did before. And I started to appreciate how people are made. And, and, and instead of being, getting involved in pornography or, or immoral things, I began to appreciate the human body. And when I would exercise, I would look at my body and I said, Lord, this is your temple. Be glorified with it. And when I would go through, and I began to look at people as a temple of God's spirit, as something God designed to dwell in. And people became very important to me. Life became very important to me. Children became very important to me. Babies became very important to me. Because that's the heart of the Father. Can you imagine, so... This, this, what's going on in this nation is very dark. And I found out that literally what happens in some places that, that women who are pregnant and they're afraid 
They're afraid of the responsibility of having to have a baby. I understand that. I'm not a woman, but I can get that. I've raised four children with my wife. I know it's a lot of responsibility. And I know what fear is all about. been through a lot of that. And that fear, and Satan uses that fear to scare them into doing something they regret the rest of their lives. So they walk into these clinics and, because they're afraid. Deep down, they'd really love to have that baby. But they're so terrified. Maybe, that, maybe the union, the, the sexual union that came about wasn't a good one, wasn't a holy one, wasn't a marriage. Maybe it was even something evil and wrong. And they're afraid and they're hurt and they're confused and they come into these clinics and, and, and they're told, we can take care of that for you. You won't ever have to think about it again. And when I learned what happened, when they actually take sharp metal instruments and shove them, into the woman and tear out the, the baby that's in the womb. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. How could anyone allow this to happen in a nation of civilized people? And it changed my world. And what was recently signed in New York was a bill that allows for that to happen and, and up to the very last day before a baby comes out of the womb. So see, Satan will tell you a lie and say, well, it's not actually a baby for the first, you know, six months. If you won't buy that, he'll say, okay, maybe the first four months. You won't buy that? How about the first three months? Oh, okay, I'll buy that. It's a baby when the egg is fertilized with the sperm. Life is conceived. It's a baby. And you study how it's formed and the baby is formed in the womb. It's astounding. When life begins, it begins. What are we talking about? Igniting our hearts with the fire of the Holy Spirit. When you realize how good God is and how much he loves you, a fire comes alive in you. And there are things you can't do anymore. Not because you're trying to stop them, it's just your nature's changed now. And I saw these three adults smiling, signing this bill. I thought, boy, nothing, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything more dark than that. Like they're, they're getting ready to have a party. Happy. Like a great achievement has just been accomplished. Father, help us. I pray for each one of those government leaders. Holy Spirit, I ask you to open the eyes of their heart. Reveal to them Christ. Reveal to them the value of human life that every human being is made in the image of God. In Jesus' name. Well, I'm, I'm just telling you, I had no plans to speak on this, but I've got to keep going. Don't think for a moment that it will stop before a human comes out of the womb. Wow, this is good. I, I, this, please come with me on this. Satan wants to destroy human life. So let's follow his thought process. When does human life begin? In the womb. So I'm going to convince man that that's not a human life in there. And that they don't have to have that. That, it's, that they can be free of that responsibility. It's not a problem. It's no big deal. It's just a part of a woman's hygiene. I'm going to convince man that that's their body and they can do what they want with it. 
That was another thing that changed me, changed the way I lived is I began to read when I got saved that my body was, belonged to God, that he purchased me, that my body wasn't my own. That it was a temple of the Holy Spirit. And then, so at whatever point he can convince you, he will. So if you're convinced that it's not a life for the first four, six weeks, eight weeks, three months, he'll take that. If, you're, if he can convince you farther, at six months, he'll take that. If he can convince you nine months, if he can convince you that there are certain people that are not fit to live in this world, he'll convince you of that. Don't you know that's happened with the Armenian genocide and, and Hitler and a number of other dictators throughout the world where they were convinced a certain type of people shouldn't be on earth? Let's, we need, to, we need to, to remove them from the earth. Do you see how he operates? What's he after? Human life. We've got to know this. We've got to be aware of his scheme. So don't think for a moment he's going to stop at you. So that's what these leaders under darkness don't realize. This is a progressive thing. It might start with a baby in the womb, but eventually it's going to get to certain types of people who don't fit the politically correct description. It's happened over and over and over again in history if you study true history. Father, we ask for your help. There are things going on in this nation that should never happen in a civilized nation. Lord, let your love burst forth like a mighty river in this nation. Lord, that adult men and women would protect children, would cherish human life, would provide environments where they can grow healthy and strong and fulfill their destinies. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I want to say this. We, we haven't even gotten to the message yet. If you're someone that has chosen to have an abortion, I want you to know God loves you. And total forgiveness is yours. Complete, absolute forgiveness and full recovery is yours. Through simple faith in Christ. Healing is yours. Through simple faith in Christ. God is not mad at you. God loves you with a perfect love. And he wants to heal your heart and your body. Come to him. Let him heal you. Let him fix the things that are broken inside. Let him mend you and make you whole again. He loves you. That will never change. So don't stay away from him. Come running to him. And let him restore you and make you whole. In Jesus' name. God, you're so good. Let's go right to it. Luke 24. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit wants to ignite a fire in you. A fire that's going to change the world, not through political rallies and marches, but through you living your life for him. By you going through your day glowing with Jesus, radiating with his love for people, radiating with his love. So when people respond to you with anger at work or wherever it might be, you come back with love. You respond to them with a smile. 
I'm thinking of, uh, well, let's go to Luke 24. We'll start in verse 13. The Holy Spirit wants to light you up. He wants to ignite your heart. He wants a fire burning inside of you that destroys anything that would hinder you, that carries you forward into the fullness of your destiny. In Luke 24, 13, this is the day Christ rose from the dead. I don't know of any more significant day than this. But you got to understand the disciples that walked with him didn't know what you and I know. They didn't have a Bible like we have, and they couldn't reference what we could reference. They didn't have a New Testament. It hadn't been written yet. And they were, they were, for the most part, devastated. I mean, the man they watched triumph over darkness for over three years, they saw him murdered and tortured. And it was day three. And, and, and they, they, some of them didn't understand that he was going to rise. They didn't quite figure how this was all going to work. But some of them are walking on a road to Emmaus in verse 13. That's where we pick up. It was two of them. They're traveling the same day to a village, the same day Jesus rose from the dead, to Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed in reason that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So here you have two people, maybe you can relate to this, who were expecting something from God. And it didn't seem like it was happened, that it was going to happen, or, and they were very discouraged about it. And they're walking together, they're sad and they're discouraged, and they don't know what to do, and who shows up? Jesus. Why? Because he's moved with what moves you. If something is bothering you, it bothers him. If something is discouraging you, he wants to change that. He wants to accomplish the things that concern you. He doesn't want you to be down for one more moment of your life. He made you to be up. That's why we walk like we walk on two feet and not four. Because we're made to live up. To live it up. Live it up. We're made to live it up, to live life up. We're living life up in 2019. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. Very, very discouraged. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. Now, I don't know what was restraining their eyes. It could have been their discouragement. Maybe they had listened to discouraging thoughts for so long they couldn't recognize God. Do you know discouragement can do that to you? If you'll listen to it long enough, it will blind you from the salvation of God in your life. God is standing beside them. Their problems are solved. God is living in you. Your problems are solved. And God says to them, they don't know it's God, but it's God. It's the risen Savior. What kind of conversation is this? <laughs> yeah, I like that. What kind of conversation is this? It's not a heavenly one. It's a discouraging one. Discouraging conversations are not from heaven. Conversations that discourage you are not from heaven. 
What kind of conversation is this? Ask yourself that question as you're going through the week conversing with people. Is this conversation I'm having lifting people up? Is it helping people live it up? Live life up? If it's not, I'm really not going to participate in it. Or I'm going to try and change it. I like uh, our friend Amber, who uh, has been such a blessing to our lives. But I remember when she started working, at, uh, where she's working now, and she started sharing with us, they have a, a, a culture, and they, they want you to use elevated language. Did I say that right? Is it elevated language? And instead of saying, you're welcome, when someone says, uh, or, or am I getting that right? They say, thank you. Instead of saying, you're welcome, they say, we want you to say, my pleasure. Man, I like that. They're trying to teach people to talk in an elevated way, to live up. And it makes a difference. You mean it's your pleasure to do something for me? Yes. Wait, that's not normal. That's not this world. You get pleasure out of serving me? Yeah. This goes back to our message too in this series two weeks ago. Changing the way you talk. If you can change your language, your speech, your life will change. Start talking up so you can live up. Talk it up so you can live it up. What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? There's some sad conversations going on. You should never have a sad conversation again if your heart is united with Christ. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Uh, clueless, right? <laughs> and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? It's all over the news. And he said to them, What things? I love Jesus. <laughs> Isn't he gentle? He'll be so gentle with you. Don't be afraid of him. He's kind. He's gracious and he's gentle. He's gentle. What things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, duh, who was a prophet. You gotta understand, I mean, Jesus was as famous as you could get. He got to the point where he couldn't even enter into cities anymore because the crowds were so big. So for someone not to know, they're like, what was this guy, what planet is he from? The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping. They were hoping, but they weren't believing. There's a big difference. Hoping won't get you there. Hoping's a start. But you want to move from hope into faith. Hope is where you're, you're, you're a little bit above wishing. <laughs> you have an expectation, but faith is when you know you have it. So they were hoping 
The things concerned, blah, 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 and how the chief priest, blah, blah, blah. but we were hoping, verse 21, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Stop hoping and believe. Stop hoping and believe. Stop hoping and believe. Come on. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is right here, right now, the Spirit of God encouraging you. I hope you're receiving this. Hallelujah. Hoping that it was he who is going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day. This was supposed to be the day since these things happened. And nothing's happened. You mean God can move in your life and you don't even see it? Yeah. Because the conversations you've been having are clouding your vision. Oh, man. Holy Spirit. <sighs> Change your conversation and you'll see God. See, this fire that the Holy Spirit wants to light in you is so that you can see things like God sees them. <laughs> when you see the things that you think are problems like God sees them, they won't be problems anymore. The things that seem so insurmountable, so difficult to overcome, so daunting that have plagued you for so long. You, when you see that thing as God sees it, you say, oh, are you kidding me? I'm free from that. That's over. I'm done with that. I've got the victory. I'm a new creation. I'm more than a conqueror. Let's go. That's what this fire is about. It clears up your vision so you can see like God sees. See, that's why Satan's the prince of darkness. He doesn't want you to see like God's. It's hard to see in the dark. And it's the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Can you believe that? These crazy women. <laughs> women were the first to preach the gospel. Come on, ladies. God has a calling on your life. Yes. A vision of angels who said he was alive. And, okay, well, I'm just going. And they did not, okay, uh, just as, okay, and certain of those uh, certain of those who were with us, verse 24, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Right? When you're hoping, you gotta, you gotta, I got to touch it and see it if I'm going to believe it. Faith knows it. All I have to do is hear from God and I've got it. That's what faith does. Faith takes God at his word even if I don't see it or feel it. I just need to know God said it and it's mine. Then he said to them, now God's talking again. Oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? I love this part now. And beginning at Moses... That's the, five, the first five books of the Old Testament, which they knew, the Pentateuch. What are the first five books? 
They call those the books of Moses, right? And all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now there's a fire starting to burn in them. He's revealing himself to them through the scriptures. And inside, Then they drew near to the village where they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone farther. He didn't want to go farther. He wanted to stay with them. But they constrained him saying, stay with us. Why? Because there's something going on inside of them. There's a flame starting to burn and they want more. Stay with us. Abide with us. It's toward evening and the day's far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. What started the process of their eyes opening? The scriptures were unveiled to them. Jesus in the scriptures enabled them to start to see clearly. Their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, here we go, did not our heart burn? This is being ignited in you today. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? What did they do? Went to bed, no. I mean, the day's far spent. Might as well get some sleep. They couldn't sleep now. See, when the fire of God's burning inside of you, you have to go forward. Sleep is a, is a secondary thing. I've got to do what he's called me to do. I can't stay asleep like the world is anymore. I've got to live woke now. I've got to be awake. I've got to be alive. I've got to go forward. I've got to fulfill what's inside of me. So they rose up that very hour. Dark outside. And they're going, what was it, seven miles back to Jerusalem? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. You're going to walk seven miles in the middle of the night? That fire does that to you. You have to have more. They rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven. And those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Now, those that, those that they met were saying that. These guys were just with Jesus. Can you imagine that? They're, they walk through the night seven miles, and the, the people they meet are saying the Lord is risen. How that flame must have just shot up ten levels. Well, oh, yeah, we just, we just talked with him. We just broke bread with him last night. <laughs> and they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. He's the fire that burns in you. And what's he say to them? Be whole. Be whole. Be well. I'm with you. One of the things I was struck by is when Jesus first called his disciples. Do you know what he called them to do? Put up Mark chapter 3, 
verse 14 and 15. Be whole, I'm with you. Be well, I'm with you. Don't be disturbed anymore, I'm with you. The first thing that Jesus called his disciples to do, he appointed 12, why? That they might be with him. God's primary desire is to be with you. To be with you. To go through life with you. To be your victory. To be the joy that's bursting in your heart. To be the air that's flowing through your lungs. To be the peace that's reigning in your mind. To be with you. To be with you. Father, thank you for this time. Together, Holy Spirit, wow. Thank you. Thank you. That's your desire, that we would be whole and know that you're with us. Thank you, Lord. You are not condemning, judgmental, critical, but you're loving, you're free, you're just, you're righteous, you're holy, you're, you're joyful, you're good, you're merciful, you're gracious, you're kind. We receive you. Holy Spirit, light that flame in us today. Let it burn within us. Destroying every thorn, destroying every, destroying every briar, everything that would try and hinder us from fulfilling our destiny. Let it burn right now. Let it burn right now. Burn within us, Holy Spirit. Burn within us, cleansing and cleaning and making whole. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.